Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I am very excited today because I get to talk to somebody who has just returned from a very successful gig and uh, that just makes me happy. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. How you doing? I'm I'm great. Thank you for having me. COVID day 412 or whatever it is. <laughs> Oh, it keeps man. going. Today is uh, is very serendipitous that I'm chatting with you because today is one of those days, man. It is is getting to me. You know, I'm uh, you and I are both lean optimists with a with a tinge of pragmatism in our in our hearts. You know, when it was the summer, it it was fairly easy to remain optimistic about everything going on, and then uh, with the as soon as it got colder, and then it got gray. And then uh, my kids are at home all the time now, and I love them to death, but the, the remote learning thing is getting to be uh, frustrating. I, I can safely say it's frustrating. I think that's a safe way to put it. Uh, yeah, so I'm really happy to be talking to you right now. Maybe we can kind of uh, co-commiserate. You know, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking the last time you and I had a chance to do this would have been January of last year, January of 20 at NAM. We sat down and did um, one of these. And I was sitting, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, if somebody could have come and told you and I what the next couple of months would have looked like, man, what a different conversation that would have been. I mean, it just, we had no idea sitting there in that, in that, um, that you know, showroom conference center uh, in Anaheim, knowing what was coming. Man, it was all optimism. And we're going to be busy and things are rocking, and then it wasn't. But man, you know what? We're survivors. I hope. <laughs> And that uh, I hope in a year we're having a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that the cocky Chris of January of 2019 would have laughed at uh, the at time traveler Chris coming back to tell us this. I'd be like, oh, yeah. you're insane. entertainment is the most resilient industry ever created. It's like bartenders and entertainment. You, you yep. always need those. You always need both of them. Yeah. Agreed. But, uh, man, you know what? Uh, it, it's funny. And, and we can all, we've all had our own journeys through COVID and, and through this pandemic and everybody's changed and grown, um, and, and suffered. Um, but you know, I hope that when we reflect on this in our old years, older than I am now, at least that we can also look at, <laughs> at ways that we might be improved, man, you know, and I'm just, I, I'm just trying again, trying to be that optimist because I know, yeah, this thing has sucked. For a, on a lot of levels and it's it's been brutal you know on a lot of levels but i've also man it's the most time i've ever had with my son i've had this amazing time with my wife it's given me a lot of great things too and so i'm thankful for the time i got back some time that i didn't spend the past 30 years of my career yeah i feel you uh when we were out on the road 
uh, there was just so many things we were, we're incapable of doing like, uh, starting a hobby, you know, who, how could you do a hobby if you're on the road all the time? You can't, and you gotta be very selective, you know, maybe you can find something that you can, that's portable, you know, but, uh, like a, a long running hobby, it's, it's really tough or kind of you just being able to dedicate a weekly schedule to something because, you know, you just can't do it. You can't, you and I have the same thing. We could get a phone call on Monday and be in Egypt on Wednesday. Yeah. So hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, hopefully those days return. Cause I also like making a living. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh, let's get into the, the meat of this one. You sure. recently got a phone call in the middle yeah. of a of a pandemic, and you got to jump. That's I want to hear all about it. I want to hear. So let's start with the phone call. You yeah. were sitting at home, and you got a phone call. I got a phone call. You know, I, I do a lot of work with C three Presents out of Austin, which is you know a, a subsidiary of Live Nation. Uh, I do a lot of work with them on their festivals. And uh, the, the, their in-house production manager is a guy named Brandon Sossum. And, and he and I stay in touch because I do have a contract with them and we talk. And he called like, uh, it was, uh, man, I, I, I'd have to put the exact date on it, but let's call it December 8th, 9th. And he's like, hey, man, looks like we're going to go in and do something big on the inauguration and I want to bring you in. I'm like, dude, let's do it. And, and honestly, from that point, it was all just concepts coming around. It was concepts of, you know, we knew the site. We knew that the show site was going to be the stretch of the mall between the Washington Monument and the Capitol, which is, in all practical purposes, it, it is a mile long. So we knew it was going to be there. But what was going to take place on that mall started changing. And, you know, was there going to be video elements? Uh, what would you know? What lighting elements were needed? What are we lighting? And um, and, and it basically took their creative team over at C three kind of brainstorming up this thing and, and, and going back and forth with the PIC. The PIC is the Presidential Inauguration Committee. Going back and forth between C3 and the PIC on what does this thing look like creatively? And you know, we all know that creative takes time, and especially as you go through revisions and what, what makes the cut and what doesn't. But ultimately, I would say as we were starting to head toward the Christmas break, we were getting defined as to what this thing was going to look like. And, and, and the thing it looked like was what we called the Field of Flags. And um, even the theme of what we were doing changed from my initial phone call. When I was initially called, um, I was under the impression that this was going to be part of the COVID memorial, that we were uh, honoring those that had passed of, of this horrible pandemic. But instead, this whole thing kind of shifted so that the other half of the mall was going to be the pandemic memorial. The half that we were working on became more of a uh, honoring those that couldn't be there at the inauguration in person, you know, honoring the, you know, the inauguration, how many people would normally travel into Washington to attend who couldn't be there because of the pandemic, honoring them with this, in effect, art display. And so the, the flags, um, what ended up happening is if you look at that stretch of mall, uh, that mile long stretch, it basically, if you look at an overhead satellite view, it gets broken down into eight, what we call panels, eight sections of grass. And, each of those sections of grass had a basically a different theme. Um, starting closest to the Capitol was what we call the super flag, which was a, uh, I believe it was 450 feet long by 250 wide or so flag, just a flat American flag built up on a scaffolding. Um, then the next panel had 
different sized um, U.S. flags. And then you just kind of worked your way back. And then there was, you know, um, the outline of the United States made of flags. There's all these different creative elements throughout the mall. And so we started to see all that kind of come to life throughout December and defining what this site was going to look like. Um, the only thing that had stayed consistent that whole time is we knew we were going to do the, the what we call the pillars of light, the synchro lights shining up into the air. We knew that that lighting tribute was going to be a key part of this as well. So yeah, pretty much got that call in early December and it started getting defined. And, um, you know, as you and I know too, Christmas things shut down. They just do, they shut down for two weeks and, um, we didn't get a lot done then, but, uh, you know, going into Christmas, I had to really start defining a, a plan. You had to whip that together pretty quick from, you said early December to January 20th, you had just just over seven weeks to put this together with Christmas in the middle and New Correct. Year's? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and look, at the end of the day, um, lighting wise, you know, we were accomplishing two things. The the pillars of light is a fairly simple look. We knew that image engineering had the synchro lights. We knew what they were going on. They were going to go on these eight by eight platforms. And there were 56 of them, 56 to represent the states and the territories of the United States. So we knew that aspect. Then it came down to how do you light a site that's a mile long by roughly 250 feet wide? You know, we could have gone on with crank up work lights and there's some other things we could have done, but that that just would, it would look like a construction site. That's not the look we wanted. So right. honestly, from, from there, Chris, I had to start, you know, start looking at gear list and what was available. Um, due to power and wanting to, to be as green as possible, I looked at LED and we looked at a couple of LED options, but man, due to inventory um, and, and just availability in the country of even subbrunning what I needed, it wasn't happening. And at the end of the day, I decided for the most part, we were going to light this thing with conventionals. I ended up going with pars and moles and man, that was a, the it, Chris from the nineties was really happy about that. <laughs> rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. I know it felt, man, it was good. Uh, you know, again, bandit lights ended up being the vendor for this. They had exactly what we needed in inventory. Their IP 60, you know, well, I wouldn't call them IP 65 rated necessarily, but they are weather friendly. You know, if you're going to get some rain, they can, for the most part, yeah. withstand that. But let me tell you another thought I had, and this is something I didn't really broadcast, but as we were really defining the gear list, we were really, it was towards early January when we were nailing in on it. And, and, and that's about when that riot at the Capitol happened. And I was like, you know what, if, if by chance some kind of whack jobs were to get on our show site and climb one of these towers and start trashing gear, it's par cans and they've been through a lot worse shit than what we're about to put them through. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I was like, you know what? I'd rather be par cans than um, the latest, greatest led fixtures getting trashed too. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The par cans have taken a much a worse beating than a, than a, than a riot. you know, that's uh, uh, yeah. You know, they've been, they've, they've been through trucks. They've been banged around there. A bunch of the par cans are probably older than the, the bunch of the people there. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was walking the site as, as you do, and you, I was looking and I was looking up. We basically ended up for, for deploying these and, and being efficient. Um, Gene Bryan over at Bandit had this great idea. We basically took a section of PRT and made, you know, put the lamp bars in it like, like we would have done in the 80s or 90s, you know, double hung PRT. We basically did that, forked that up on top of these platforms, turned it sideways, pulled the lamp bars out, 
strapped it, made it all safe, and then did the two eight light mulfays attached to the PRT. But anyways, I was walking through the show site and, and, and looking at all these fixtures. And I was thinking to myself, if, if these fixtures could talk the stories they would tell and where they had been <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you're talking about fixtures that are older than a lot of our listeners right now. Yeah. Some of them, you might have to tell them to shut up because he's like, yeah, it's not a story you, you can tell people right now. Can you keep that but, one to you yourself? Know, <laughs> man. And I know you came up in this era too, but that was, a, it was kind of a nice little even tribute to my own career because I came up on park hands. That's what, that was my first many, many years of touring was park hand rigs. And if you're lucky, you had IntelliBeams or CyberLights or something, but um, it was kind of nice to just see park hands working again and all their glory. So on top of gear, you had to get people there. And I, and I know that gear gears a little more immune to pandemics, but uh, you had to find enough people that were willing and able to make it to the DC to make this happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the two vendors that I ended up working with, of course, there was uh, image engineering is local Baltimore. So they're, they're in the area and they, they've been, uh, they were a fantastic partner in this. And they had, um, because of, you know, a lot of their work they do is around sports and special events. They had a great team already waiting in the wings, ready to come over, you know, bandit, um, really, as soon as we got the word go, we had to get expeditedly working on getting secret service clearances. You know, there's a whole, basically you fill out a whole, uh, online application form thing to be able to get clearance where they do background checks, et cetera. That was a very key early part of this in order to get that paperwork in, in time to get processed. So that we all had clearance to get on site. And so I would say coming back from the new year's break and coming into the early January, right around the time of the riots is when we were really, we were, you know, getting all that paperwork cranked in and getting, um, you know, getting flights booked and all that and, and, and making sure we could get everybody there. Worked out really well. Yeah. Had a fantastic crew from Bandit. Had five great techs um, and image engineering had another five techs. Uh, fantastic. Right on. I would imagine that uh, knowing that everybody there passed such a stringent background check, you're like, well, I know that uh, everybody's on the up and up in one way or another. Yeah. It, didn't it find was, <laughs> no, that's a great point. It was kind of like a, well, I know you're a, uh, you're, you're, you're a straight shooter. I shouldn't use that term. I know that you're, uh, I know that you're, uh, uh, somebody, at least the government thinks you're okay. So let's go this <laughs> take, take it or leave it on that one. But, uh, yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, at least we know you haven't said anything, uh, incriminating on your Facebook in the last year or so. At least that's something that we, we can uh, be mostly certain of. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, man. Um, you know, so we're all working hard doing drawings and, you know, bandits literally, I mean, they've got to prep 1500 fixtures in addition to, you know, part of those, a good chunk of those fixtures being pars and moles. You and I both know how much tech goes into, you know, ceramics and, and nuts and bolts and just literally getting things back up working that hadn't been used in a while. Um, we're going through all this work. And at the same time, we're watching these riots happen on TV. And I literally was like, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, if I don't, if this gig gets canceled, I don't get to go because these assholes are up here doing this shit. I'm going to be like, this is the ultimate slap in the face. Like I was legitimately worried they were going to pull the plug on this gig because of that. And, and, and thank God they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Actions have consequences. And I think a lot of people that just, they wouldn't even, that would never factor. No, they would never, that wouldn't even factor for them. 
we're all kind of watching the the turmoil these days. And for you to, to be able to watch something like that, knowing that it directly affects you and a team of people who are about to get to work for the first time in nine months, 10 months, you know, you can only imagine that weighed a lot on you. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sitting here thinking like, this is my chance to get back on a, on a show site, doing what I love <laughs> with people I love. And if this gets ruined because of people, I, you know, look, man, everybody's, I, I'm not going to justify what they did. Cause I think that's horseshit, but you know, we're entitled to our opinions. Everybody's one of our rights here you're entitled to your opinion, but man, you know, when you got to think of the consequences of what you do and, and when you make a statement and how you make that statement is that's what matters. And that was the wrong statement to make. And I was <laughs> so scared. I was so scared of losing this gig, but you know, I will say this, um, leaving Nashville, my wife was scared. My wife said several times, she goes, I'm, I don't know why I'm just really nervous about you doing this gig. Then my mom and dad said that it got to that point where when you hear things enough time, I. Uh, I started getting worried and I was like, okay, now that's not cool. Cause now I'm worried and I'm usually not worried about that. And so I had a little bit of anxiety, like literally, I remember flying into Washington uh, on a very empty Southwest flights and, and coming in on approach and just kind of looking out the window thinking like, what, what am I flying into here? And I got to tell you, looking back now, three weeks later from, from when I had arrived is it was one of the safest show sites I've ever been on. Like never once did I feel threatened in danger. Never once did I still see anything or anyone that would cause me concern. I literally felt like they took good care of us and had us protected. Oh, that's good to hear. As, as hardworking gentlemen, you know, we always like to default to like, of course I can handle anything, no matter what I'm going into. I can, I can handle that no matter what's going to happen, no matter what's going to go down. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm prepared, but Man, there was there's a lot of different uh, factors there to think about. Yeah, I landed. Um, I landed on a Tuesday. On the Tuesday, so about ten days prior to the. No, no, I'm sorry. About I guess it would have been eight days prior to the inauguration. And my hotel, our hotel, was just a few blocks away um, from from the show site, and it was boarded up. Um, uh, they had boarded up our hotel. Like literally, when I got out of the cab, that's the first thing I saw was a boarded up hotel. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> <sighs> Like a war zone. It, like literally. And, and well, and here it gets better because so I go to the grocery store. I walk down to the grocery store to get some basic stuff since I'm there for a week. And and which was a good feeling in itself, too, knowing I actually got to unpack a suitcase. I was like, wow, what a cool feeling that is. Uh, to even pack a suitcase was a cool feeling. But um, I know, man, I shouldn't brag about that. So I go to bed and we get up the next morning to go do load in day one and stationed outside of our hotel at this intersection was a Humvee and another, I don't know all my military vehicle types, but it was basically like a, it was a, a, a truck of some sort, some kind of army truck and six soldiers with M16s at the intersection of our hotel. So starting the morning of our load in, they had on every corner in that vicinity was a, was a, was a soldiers and vehicles. And so on our walk from the hotel to the show site, I think I counted one day, we passed seven different checkpoints. Now, granted, these are mainly vehicle checkpoints. They didn't stop us as people uh, at that time. They were stopping vehicles. But from that point, for me to get from the shit, from the hotel to the show site was seven different versions of those military checkpoints. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it did feel like a war zone. There was. It did feel odd. Like, where am I? What is even happening? But then again, like I said, I never felt in danger. It was, it was empty there, man. It was eerily empty in Washington 
There was no cars. People weren't walking around. The museums are closed. Like it was empty. And even the workers, you got to keep in mind, we were all doing our task with a minimal amount of needed workers. So even the IATSE had sent their, you know, it was the, the least amount of people needed to do, you know, to do our, our labor because we just didn't want to, you know, get into COVID protocols and having an, an overabundance of, of people. <laughs> so I, I've had this conversation once or twice before, and I think we always have to take a second to really reflect on how weird that is because most of the people passing those checkpoints are people that we, you and I would agree are probably fairly important. They might be a uh, military personnel or medic or, you know, some sort of a politician or something. You must feel weird to be like, well, why do you deserve to get past these seven checkpoints? Well, I'm a rock and roll lighting guy <laughs> who does all those stuff. Like that. I need to make them blink when they're supposed to blink yeah. and not blink when they're not supposed to blink. So let me pass. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, and, 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 and you know, security uh, of course tightened uh, as we got closer to inauguration day, I would say, you know, the inauguration was on a Wednesday starting that Monday. I believe it was that Monday. We started going through uh, at that point, secret service had taken over the site, had done one of their sweeps. And so we had to go through um, metal detectors, um, all sorts of, uh, you know, of that, kind of level of security at that point. So it got definitely more increased um, as time went on, as you would expect it would. Yeah, those are the times I always forget about my Leatherman. Like, oh man, and now yeah. now I'm the guy who kind of with the tattoos and the, the facial hair and he's the one trying to get through with a with a knife of some sort. You're like, oh geez. Yeah, no, I always like really try to, yeah, same, same things like, as you're walking up with your backpack, like what all do I have in here that I should have, you know, did I, did I get out? Cause yeah, a little pocket knife or something you just might not have even been thinking about. It was like, ah, oh, crap. Laser pointer and a, and a radio. And they're like, why do you need all this stuff? Like, <laughs> Oh man, I, I promise. I really need all of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you, you know, everybody, even on the security level, I mean, around our show site, they built a fence, um, uh, in fact, I think there was two levels of fence and around our show site were what I would call thousands of national guards, people, thousands, like they were everywhere. Um, and I, you know, uh, would see them walking through the show site and I stopped cause I'm a, I'm a stepdad of a Marine. So I'm a very, I, I, I have a lot of respect for the military. And I stopped to talk to a couple of them and they were all Texas, uh, Texas National Guards, uh, Guards men and women. Um, and uh, man, I just would thank them. I mean, they were, uh, you know, these are people who got called up to active duty, who have, you know, other jobs and stuff typically, you know, as National Guards would. Mm -hmm. But uh, man, everybody was fantastic. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, I think it was probably a cool thing for them to be working too, but they did a great job. I'm very happy that, you know, that they were involved. Cool. So one of the things I think might have been more uh, intimidating and you're no stranger to national events, especially North America with, uh, with the New Year's Eves and Nashville and all that stuff. But just knowing that this is a beyond national event, this is an international event. That had to, that had to <laughs> have been uh, intimidating the right word. It, uh, intimidating is an awesome word for it. And you're right. I mean, on our show site, in between the Sinker Light Towers were media outlets, 
media outlets of uh, literally you name them, they were there. Every day, each had a, you know, a, a ten by ten or twelve by twelve platform with a, with a tent on it, and, and their anchor people and all that. And knowing how many live shots were going to be coming from this location, like, dude, it it definitely it had me more nervous than I've probably been on a gig in a long time. Um, and, and but it also, you know, it it definitely inside it reminded me to stay on my A game and to try to. To, to really make sure I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's and going through and, and making sure this site looks as good as I can do given the parameters I was given. And, and there were some logistical parameters, you know, um, uh, we, we only had 56 of these platforms that the sinker lights were, were placed on. Well, those platforms also had to act as my platforms for these Parkan setups that I was describing these, these PRT setups. And so, where I could put lights was very limited. I, I, I didn't have free reign to put a tower wherever I wanted it. I had to use these positions. And so with that, you know, I would say when it came to focus, that's where I really, you know, I, I drank a lot of coffee and I was like, all right, laser focus time and, and just try to really make sure I'm washing these panels and these flags the best I can. And in, in, in the same sense, not getting too much flare into to these 60 media cameras that are shooting essentially right up this mall, you know, you know, their, their camera shot. And so, man, it was, it was definitely intimidating. And I didn't have my first sigh of relief moment until um, they sent a photographer. The, I think it was Monday night. They sent a photographer up into the Washington monument to get a photo down. Cause I had not seen it. I'd only seen it from the ground level. And I got on a right. lift at one point and went 15 feet in the air to look down, but they sent a photographer up in the Washington monument to look down. That's the first time I'd seen the whole site lit and, and uh, was able to know, okay, I think we got it all. So if there are any helicopter shots or drone shots or whatever they might have, we've got it lit the best we could. And, you know, if I could do it all over again, I would definitely do some things differently. There's, I could have probably play, you know, played with a little more focus, there was a couple dark spots, but I, I got it the best I could with what I had. Yeah, we're the worst at that. We're always beating ourselves up over the tiniest things that I can assure you that even other LDs probably didn't notice it. I, I'm, I'm quite <laughs> sure of it. No, but, it, it, but just yeah. knowing that that's going to be immortalized in, in, in media, in photos, and is going to go all over the world if a, if a truss is crooked or a, a loose tie line, or just, you know, I would imagine you just fine tooth comb over everything just knowing that these photos are going to exist forever you're spot on man you know and, and, and both image engineering and the bandit crews did a great job of policing their area and it was even in simple things like hey guys make sure your road cases are out of camera shots like we got all these little cubby holes let's get the site clean you know um straps that are holding these trusses down and and all that let's just make sure everything's blacked out where we can you know it, you know Lamp replacement. Obviously, that was a downside with going conventional on this. Was how many um, how many lamps you can you, you can you lose out of fifteen hundred conventional lamps? You know, uh, <laughs> God bless the bandit guys, man. They took a little bet before we went on how many they would lose, and I think the crew chief said, "I think I think we'll lose one hundred and three, and it ended up being one hundred and eleven lamps throughout the, the the six days, seven days that these things were up." But uh, yeah, man, you know, going through and making sure the site looks good, not just from a lighting in, but again, from, from just a cleanliness, man, making sure that we've policed ourselves. Right on. 
a hundred likes. That's not, uh, and I'm glad that's not a normal thing nowadays, but I mean, that's, that's pretty good for a rig of 1500. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, I agree. You know, almost 10%. I mean, that's kind of what we, it's typically what we budget, right. You know, when you carry Taking spares the on the tour and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and again, too, you know, from in, in defense of the lamps, if the lamp needs defense, you know, it did go from, you know, which we, 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 they'd be, you know, cold, then we turn them on, they get hot, then they go cold. So it was, they were having some weather woes for sure. So one of the other things I think is really unique about this event and kind of shows in general these days is that there were more cameras and more media than there were audience members. And that that's something that you and I got into this industry for, is for delighting the audience and kind of getting that live reaction, that live feedback. And in this case, there, you know, you were there for you know seven weeks of work. You're there for two weeks uh, ish, and the event goes off without a hitch. And there's just no, no applause, yeah. no roar of the crowd, no, nothing, huh? No, no attaboys. Well, you know, you know, no, I mean, we did get attaboys, you know, the, the client was happy, but yeah, you're right. There was none of that audience gratification that we're used to. There was none of that ooh, ah moment stuff, but you know, man, the 180,000 flags or whatever it ended up being placed out there, you know, I've always said, I take what I do seriously as, as silly as I can be. And, 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 and all that I take what I do very seriously. And I, I literally took it seriously that people wanted to be there that couldn't and that we were honoring them. I mean, this really was as cheesy as it is. I agree with it. This was about unity, man. This was about a new era about coming together and about, you know, we all can't be together right now. So here's how we're going to honor that. And I, t- I didn't take that lightly. I took that very seriously. So even though we didn't have a physical audience there, it was definitely good for my soul to do my part into honoring those people, the American, you know, the general public. Oh, that, that is a good way to look at it. Uh, if we could just make the, the little, uh, the little flags clap, we could, we could do it, but we just have to right. kind of imagine the little flags clapping and, and yeah, they actually represented the people that would have been there for such a momentous occasion. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. I got to give a hats, uh, hats tip to the, uh, the flag crew. I mean, um, you know, putting that many flags out and the logistics of that, man, that was some work and watching them. I think there's a time-lapse. I haven't seen it. I know they were making one, but when that can, when that comes out, I'd love to see it because they did such a great job because we're talking a lot of these panels were these basic, um, you know, three foot by one foot flags on little wooden dowels that you're trying to stab into the very cold ground in, in a very specific linear pattern, linear column row pattern, man, they did a great job and it looked good. That is quite an undertaking, you know, uh, 1500 fixtures is one thing, but what'd you say? 180,000 flags? flags. Yeah. And it was actually more than that. I'm going low. It might've been 188,000, but yeah, they, they, uh, they did a great job. I actually, Right before I left, I went and um, I grabbed, um, I grabbed, I think I grabbed 10 total uh, for my kids, my, my siblings and my parents. I, I brought them home and I went and bought uh, cardboard mailer tubes and I put them in the mailer tubes and I, and I made a sticker for them that 
said, you know, this flag was flown on the Washington Mall as part of the inauguration of President Joe Biden on January 20th, 2021, and hopes that my kids, you know, when they're in their 40s, 50s, whatever, pull this out of an attic and, you know, that might mean something. Who knows? But that's me. That's my cheesiness hoping that. That's yeah. a good memento right there. Did you, you know, get the, did you get a Tennessee flag? I did. I did. I found a couple yeah. Tennessee flags. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to, I had to represent the home state and steal, you know, of course I was stealing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked permission. I 100% asked permission. Um, <laughs> found a looter over here. Got a looter yeah. over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's the, that's not how I, <laughs> I did cross my mind. Those all these national guards, people with their rifles and I'm out there picking up flags. I'm like, Oh, this can't be good. But no, I got permission. Um, you know, it's funny, man, you and I were talking before we started recording about being on a gig and, and what we miss and some of that, you know, something that occurred to me, I was telling my wife, one of the things I missed the most though, on this gig, you know, a lot of times when we would pull off, a, do a show like this, a festival or concert date, we always come back to the hotel or bus or wherever and kind of, you might have a cocktail if you drink or whatever, but you kind of just hang out and catch up and tell road stories and talk about how the day went and all that. And man, with, with the COVID protocols and the pandemic, that is one thing I really missed on this gig, man, was we didn't have that opportunity to come back and sit at the hotel bar and, 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 and have that banter. Um, you know, it was literally go to the hotel, right to your room and you're done. You know, it was different. You got to pat yourself on the back. You have to, because there's nobody available to come within six feet of you to pat you <laughs> on the back, you know? It exactly, man. But, uh, you know, they did a great job too. I will say C3 and, and the whole team did a great job on COVID protocols. We, um, we were tested every other day at the hotel and they had it down to a very good system where we got text messages uh, as to our status, positive, negative, of course. And showing that negative um, test result was one of the ways you had, you got onto the show site. You couldn't walk in unless you showed that. And so they did a right. great job, even spacing at catering. Um, spacing and what offices we did have, uh, limiting the people in there and spacing. They did a great job on that. That's uh, it's good to know that we, we are clever enough to figure out a way to do that. Um, one of the other things, and I'll, and I'll take some, uh, I'll have to eat some crow here and I'll be uh, a little overly vulnerable. I had a show that I was on in Las Vegas back in August and, and it extended into September and I thought that that was going to be enough to carry me through to the end of the pandemic. And I would start working on my next show in September, October, November. And it just hasn't happened. One of the things I miss about being on a show is working on the next show. And that's just not a thing right now. It's, you know, you were just lucky to get anything on the books. You know, we're very You're fortunate to even have one gig in the, in these last 11 months. Oh, dude, you are so right. And, and man, look, I'm I'm very thankful. There are thousands of LDs designers that that couldn't have gotten this call to do this, and I'm very, very thankful, man. And I don't take that lightly. I'm very appreciative of the work. It's the first work I'd had in quite a while. And um, but you know, much like yourself, I don't have much on the books right now, and and, and I don't like that feeling. Me neither. I don't like that. No, um, it's 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 tough. Um, 
I was telling my wife, I was like, I was trying to give him something to liken, you know, a scenario to, to, that she could understand to liken this to. But I was like, you know, babe, how we planned our wedding and you, know, you plan a wedding and it's just, you know, you put all your heart and your passion into planning this beautiful event and it goes so well. And there's this high and this rush and then it's over. And there's kind of like, even though you're happy, you're married, but you're kind of sad too, because all that heart and all that work you put into something's gone. And that's kind of how I felt. I still feel it now coming out of this was, for, for a month there, a month period of time or five to six weeks, really, I had this goal and this objective that I got to dump my passion, my career path, my heart, my soul into, and then it was just done. And now I'm sitting here yeah. going, okay, what's next? And, 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 and trying to keep your headspace right yep. and, and not, you know, uh, it, it's not my fault. The pandemic's happening. It's not your fault. It's just is what it is, man. Yep. And, um, and just try to, we all have got to take, we all take on our own personal journeys through this to get it through it the best way we can, you know? Yeah. Those are some wise words to end this podcast on a high and on some, on some good stuff. I was sitting at home watching the inauguration and my wife and I were both in, in tears uh, at, at multiple times. And I, I want to tell you that one of the things that really got me was on top of the pillars, on top of all the flags, on top of the memorial where they lit up all the uh, the, te- the little pillars and towers. It was really wonderful to see entertainment and art be a part of such a momentous occasion. I feel like that's been lacking for quite, uh, let's say, not exactly four years, but four years ish where there just hasn't been that unity, that, uh, celebration, the, you know, having Lady Gaga be a part of the ceremony, having JLo, having Katy Perry, having, uh, Bruce Springsteen. It was really refreshing to see government sponsored art as part of a ceremony. That was amazing. You're hitting the nail on the head, man. You really are. And that's, I'm, I look, I'll, I'll, I'll show a vulnerable side here too. I had two very emotional moments. I actually had three emotional moments during this whole process. And I'm probably going to get emotional now. One was uh, as I was leaving Nashville on the plane, as the, as the wheels left the tarmac, I got a little choked up just because of the situation, knowing what I was going into. Um, I had a very emotional moment when during the national anthem, um, oh, I yeah. walked for the actual inauguration. I walked as far as I could close to the Capitol. I wanted to be as close as I could within what my credentials got me and obviously physical barriers, fences. And I literally, I got up to the fence, um, before the white for the, I'm sorry, before the Capitol. And, um, I got emotional. Um, when, when I saw, this is what, when I saw the, hundreds of if not thousands of soldiers that were in my eyesight all turn and 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 salute and 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 it got me very emotional and then uh, the last emotional moment i had is there was only about four of us the night of the inauguration during that concert broadcast portion there was only about four or five of us production types that were still around um just kind of overseeing some things and we were watching the broadcast on a monitor in the production compound and um when Katy Perry started fireworks, we all walked out in the middle of the field of flags and we would have been on the reverse side of the fireworks. So we would have been behind the shot they were taking with her with the fireworks in the background. We would have been on the other side of those fireworks, but they were close. That got me emotional as well. I don't know. It's just like this culmination 
emotional, spiritual moment yeah. of, of happiness, hope, unity, just a lot of emotions right then. Yeah. I, I felt it from even uh, north of the border. I was feeling it. Uh, and I've, I would imagine we were feeling it at the same time. That was nice. I, I feel like they had all the leftover fireworks that we haven't blown off the rest of this year. They're like, well, we have so many fireworks available. Let's just, we, we got a good chance to get rid of them. Here we go. Yeah. Well, of all those major July 4th events that didn't happen, you know, fireworks have a shelf life. Um, I wouldn't blame them for, for, <laughs> for, you know, emptying out the inventory. Might as well use it. Why not? Strictly effects. I believe, I believe did that. I think I saw a post. I thought that was incredible. I think they did a great job. That was great. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for your time, Chris. It's, no. uh, it's always a pleasure to see your face and hear your voice. Ah, you too. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, man. And uh, here's to, uh, I can't put a date on it and I can't tell you when, but here's to hoping we all get to see each other in person sometime. <laughs>